Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. And I'm Val. And we may have Tracy joining us a little bit later. We'll see how, how the morning goes or the day goes. Whatever time <laughs> it is when you're watching this. <laughs> doesn't matter. Or listening. <laughs> However you decide to consume this, it doesn't matter either. Val, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Trying to survive October. Trying to get through the month. But, but good. Yeah, it's crazy that it's already October, but it feels also like this year is the longest year in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have. It, it's so true because it feels like every day is so similar to the day before. It's like, oh, I can't believe it's already October. It doesn't necessarily feel like October, but at the same time, it's like, I can't believe it's only October because it feels like March was 10 years ago. Right. So. I saw a post on Facebook this morning that said um, Christmas is only um, five Fridays away. And I was so like discombobulated in my head because of time that I actually went to look at the calendar to see it's not. Don't freak out. We have way more than five Fridays. I got so <laughs> mad at my friend. I'm like, you made me look at my calendar. But I feel like that's the year is that we wake up every morning and we're like, how long did I sleep? Like, where are we at? What's going on? Yeah, what one of the people I work with in my day job, whenever we have a meeting and it comes up what day of the week it is, he's always two or three days off. He's like, yeah, it's like on one day, he's like, well, thank goodness it's Friday. I'm like, oh man, you are in for a long couple of days because it's only Wednesday, my friend. And, you know, just, just things like that. So it is, it's a weird time, but it is it October. Is. It is Halloween time. And so of course we're not talking about a Halloween movie. Not yet, I, but I feel like yet. this is, this is like so good because it's also fall, it's autumn. And I feel like we usually have in the autumn or fall time, we have movies that come out that are kind of mysteries. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like at this time of year, we, we so needed this movie. Um, and we're talking about Alona Holmes. And I, when I saw the trailer of this movie, on Netflix because now they kind of like you turn Netflix on and it forces you to watch something right away. Mm -hmm. It was like mm -hmm. for a week, it was showing me this and I'm like, I don't know if I'm into this. Like, it just seems like there's this girl and she's doing something and you know, like, is it a Hallmark movie? Sorry for those of you that love Hallmark <laughs> movies. It's just, they're not my jam. Um, but one night I was like, I really need to watch something. And I did read that Henry Cavill was in this uh, Superman um, plays Sherlock Holmes. And so, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that it did take him for me to watch this because I, this is my first real ride with Millie Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. um, I've never really consumed a whole lot of media with her in it. I know that everybody loves her. I think she's like a super cute girl, but that's all I could say about her because I, I didn't really watch any of the other shows that she was in. And I would mm -hmm. have to say Jake that like five minutes into the show, I was so glad that I made the choice to watch this show. Yeah, I, I'm kind of there with you. I wasn't sure what to expect when I saw the previews for this show because it does look, it's it's hard to pinpoint just from the trailer what the audience, the intended audience is supposed to be. Is this kind of a kid's show? But at the same time, they've got big name talent like Henry Cavill and Helena Bonham Carter in it. Yes. Um, and so is it not a kid's show? And so it was hard to kind of tell from the trailers, but I was like, I'll give it a shot because really what else do I have going on right now? It's like <laughs> I've got other choices, you know? So, um, but no, we watched, my wife and I sat down and watched this and I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Now I've, 
I've seen all of Stranger Things, and I think Millie Bobby Brown is really good in Stranger Things. But I think this is the first opportunity that she's had in that lead role in a very different way to carry the film with her acting. Um, and I was really impressed with her. Well, and I didn't even, I'm so stupid that I didn't even recognize that it was her. I didn't read. I was just like, okay, there's a girl now that's taking over Sherlock Holmes. Is it like an Anne of Green Gables, which I love, you know, kind of story, you know, mm -hmm. we're switching things around. Like, you know, that's kind of the MO lately is like taking a role that you love and kind of switching it around. But I didn't know it was her. And so... I was watching it and I'm like, why does this girl look so familiar? So I get on and I look it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Millie Bobby Brown. Cause I've seen exactly one and a half episodes of stranger things. That's it. Um, but I've seen her like on all the award shows. Of course I read articles about her all the time um, for my other show. Cause I have to talk about entertainment, um, but I'm watching it and I'm like, like she is so striking, but at the same time, like, I want to believe everything she's telling me. Like, the way that she breaks the third wall in mm -hmm. this show is perfect. Because sometimes I don't like that. Sometimes I think it's forced. But what this show is about, and it's on Netflix, and it's a little bit longer than a regular movie, but not long enough to be like a series where you would have certain episodes. Um, but it's like, what, two and a half hours, something like that? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, um, but you don't, I felt like I didn't feel like it was that long, and I definitely wanted more when it was done, but what it's about, so this Alana Holmes is about a girl who's trying to figure out really who she is. Her mom, um, who's played by Helena Obama Carter, who I love, 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 um, is kind of this weird, eccentric woman that we try and figure out her just like her daughter does the whole movie. Like as she's trying to figure out where her mom is and who she is and where they both fit, we're also learning more about her mother. Um, and then we find out during the show that um, Sherlock Holmes is her brother. So she's kind of this dynasty of eccentric weirdos. I feel like mm -hmm. they're eccentric weirdos. They're super intelligent. Um, but during this time, like women weren't supposed to be intelligent. They weren't supposed to be up front, um, you know, and they really had to follow a man to get anything done. And it does touch on those things during the show, but not so much that I feel like it throws it in your face that you're like choking from the feminism. All right. Do you get what I'm like trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there, it, it's very, it's, it's feminist in a way that you relate to it and that you want to know more but not that it's, I don't think it's an over-feminist movie, and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I think um, it's just enough that we appreciate it and that we acknowledge it and that we agree with it, but not so much that it takes away from the fabric of the film. Because there's more in the film to know about than this feminist part of the film. Like, there's so much more. I Because it's like a mystery. And who doesn't mm -hmm. love a Sherlock Holmes mystery, right? Yeah. I, I agree. And, and what I like about what I like about the character of Enola is she doesn't fit in anybody's uh, idea of what she should be. Right. Her mom wants her to be a certain way where you don't need a man, you it, which is totally I agree with. Like nobody you don't need a partner to define who you are. Right. And so I, I can totally agree with that. But almost to the point her mom's almost to the point where it's like, don't fall in love with anybody and then you yeah. know her brother Mycroft wants her to go to finishing school and become a proper lady and get married and carry on the Holmes name and tradition that way 
<clears throat> but she doesn't want to fit into that mold. She doesn't want to fit in the mold of her mom when she meets um, the the Lord guy. Gosh, now I can't remember his name because it's like a fantastic name. I've got to pull it up here on yeah on the. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tewksbury. Over yes, Tewksbury. Tewksbury is such a good name, but they all of these characters are so very like thought out. But I love Tewksbury, and I love um, is it um, Lewis Partridge who plays him? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I haven't. I've seen him. I think in something else. I know. I looked at him. And I'm like, I know who this kid is. Um, but I thought this was such a great role for him. And I love, um, oh yeah, he was in Paddington uh, mm -hmm. too, which was mm -hmm. also cute, but not as cute as I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> it was a little, it was like, it, anyway, we won't get into that movie. But I also, you mentioned um, the other homes in this movie and that's uh, Minecraft Homes, which is Sam Cliffin, who is from... Um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and I love him in Pirates of the Caribbean and mm -hmm. I hadn't seen him in anything else and then when he shows up in the show and he's a total like jerk I was like this is fantastic I love it when actors will play exact opposites of what you expect of them and he is yeah. such a jerk but great he's so great and pompous yes well yeah I mean at one point where he's saying you know I'm not the villain and it's like no you really are. It's all right. Um, well, and that's the thing that's so great about this film and, and Millie Bobby Brown just in general in it and the way that they told the story. It could have been very easy for these other stars and these other experienced actors um, to come in and really steal the show. But they really left it about Enola, which is great. So the, this is based on a series of books, from what I understand. There's a series of books written about this character. Uh, and her adventures and, and everything else, not written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the original Sherlock Holmes, but obviously this is built on after that. Um, but I like that they left it to be hers. You know, we see Sherlock in it, but this is not a movie about Sherlock Holmes. This is right. really about Enola and her first adventure and, and kind of who she wants to be. And we see that character development throughout the film. And I really like that they did it that way. And there, yeah, I, I really like how it, it really totally is hers. But if you do love, you know, the Sherlock um, mystery in your mind, like you just like the the idea of Sherlock, you get it. I totally think you get enough of that um, because you do get to see how, you know, she's trying to crack a case, which is very much, you know, in the stories of Sherlock, how they, how they go down the different ways that they found that Sherlock finds something. She has her own mind that does it. And there's a point in the movie where he actually sees how she does it and he respects her for it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's very much like he gives her the nod, like, nope, she's not me. She's her and she's amazing. And um, I really, I really love how they did that. I also feel like because of where we are at with COVID right now and how we're at home sitting watching all of these things. And I feel like lately it's just been a lot of bummer things to watch, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's very dark or like a lot of things that you have to think about. When I turned this on, I don't know if, I mean, obviously they didn't, I don't know if they knew when was this shot that like COVID was like even a thing. I think this was way before COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the coloring of this film is so happy and so warm. 
And there are moments where um, her and um, the young guy, what's his name again? His awesome name that I keep forgetting. Um, Tewksbury um, are going through, you know, the countryside and you get like the, this beautiful cinematography, picturesque, you know, landscapes. And I feel like I'm outside, but no, I've been in my basement for three days. And <laughs> I'm like, this is what, but it's what nice I to feel like you were outside, you know, and like that's... the sun is on my face and these golden meadows and bridges and countryside. And, you know, it was, it was so beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was really, really um, visually stunning uh, in the way it was shot and the way it was done. Um, more than you expected it to be. Cause really, honestly, like I said, watching the trailers, like it looked fine, but I really, I don't want this to come across wrong, but I've watched a lot of the stuff that my now teenage and preteen kids are into. Yes. And a lot of it is not the same caliber that this movie exactly. is. Right. Um, and it's, and that's fine. It's the audience that it's going for. It's the budget that they're using. And I get all of that. Um, but I really kind of expected, was this going to be on that same level? And it really wasn't right down from, from the music, the, the, the scenery, the shots, the acting, all of it was just like, I, I get the feeling and I'll have to look and confirm this, but I get the feeling that the intention was to release this in the theaters instead of having it go straight to streaming on Netflix. I don't know because I know that Netflix purchased it. Um, and so, yeah, we'll have to look that up while we're, we're chatting here. Um, one of the things, um, speaking to the coloring still, um, so as they're out in, you know, where she is from, where Alona's from, that's kind of out in this area where she has space to run around. She's kind of in the countryside and then she's running through the countryside. As soon as they get into London, the coloring of the film goes very gray and black, um, but not dark, just very... I mean, almost comic booky. Like, not. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it, what it means, but I mean, like, I felt very much like I was entering into old school London. They did such a great job. And then when she's trying to figure out where her mom is, and they have bits and pieces of bright colors um, for her to find things, that was those were probably some of my favorite scenes. And then when she has to fight, and she brings out this fight scene um, in the area where she's looking for her mom. Some of those camera angles um, are some of my favorites. When her head gets pushed into the barrel of water and the camera is at the bottom of yes. the barrel. And you, I was just like, this is amazing. And all of her fight scenes, you know, whether she had a stunt double or not, you can see her face for almost all that. So that's also something I wanted to look into, but I didn't. Um, but she was very athletic and it was so, it was so fun and believable, but it did kind of bring me back to um, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie where the coloring mm -hmm. was very similar. The costuming was very similar. Um, and that gave me a sense of like, I know this place. I like this place. And I don't know if they did that on purpose because a lot of movies want you to feel comfortable. Um, but it was, it brought me to places, like you said, I didn't think it would. Like as I'm watching yeah. the film, I'm like, okay, well, so far I like this. This is good. The story seems, you know, good. And then it just kept on giving you more and more and more. And I'm just, you know, I was just, as soon as it was over, I was like, okay, well, where's the rest of it? <laughs> like, are we going to yeah. get more? Is there another episode to watch? So um, I like the comparison that you made to, the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. because this did feel 
visually a lot more like that. But at the same, like this was almost a good mix between the the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie, how it looked and everything. But Henry Cavill reminded me more of the Sherlock in the Sherlock series, kind of more than than the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. But like I said, this isn't a Sherlock movie, so he's he's got right. a small role in it. But still, I felt like this was a good because I it doesn't take you into the modern world like Sherlock does, but it keeps you in that time period. But I think mm -hmm. just visually, it was very reminiscent of the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Um, but but looking at it, it does look like this was planned for. Uh, theatrical release. Okay. Warner Brothers actually did the film, but then the distribution rights were picked up by Netflix okay. uh, due to the pandemic, and it was released on Netflix. So, so yeah, it felt like this was a movie that was supposed to be in theaters, and and that's not that's not supposed to be disrespectful to anything that's done by like no, a Netflix studio or. They're made yeah. differently. Um, like you knew when you watched Mulan that it was meant for a big screen. You know, mm -hmm. it, there are some movies and usually when I rank movies, I'll say, you know, this was really more of, you know, a sit on my couch and watch it kind of film. It's not necessary to go and see it on the big screen. But I think definitely this film on a big screen would be absolutely captivating. It, yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. And the scenery and the cinematography was so thoughtful to let you figure out that you know, in the beginning, it made her feel like she wasn't this small person in a big world because she was in the world that she understood. So if you looked at the camera angles, um, it, she was very much in size with the area around her. And then mm -hmm. as she got further and further from home, the shots got wider and wider so that you could tell that she was really this young girl in this big place. Um, but she didn't let it bother her at all. Like she was on right. a mission. She... You know, and anyone that has had a parent has either lost a parent or has had a parent leave them like that's devastating. And for her to be such a young age and her mom being the biggest part of her life, basically. And then up one day she wakes up and her mom has left her and said, this is your life now. And mm -hmm. but she knew that she had raised the girl that she raised. And so she left, you know, different kind of notes for her to find her. But then when she finds her, she's still like, no, like you're on your own. Like I'm not coming home. And she got, gets her apartment and she gets her own clothes. And, you know, she's a 15 year old girl in this small 15 or 16 year old girl mm -hmm. in this big world, just like, okay, like I love my mom and she's my life, but like, this is my life now. Like that, that broke my heart a little bit because there's no yeah. way I could leave my kid. But we, and then we find out, the reasons why she was leaving is because she was fighting for this great cause. But at the same time, you wonder like, why couldn't you have still done that and like raised your daughter at the same time? Like there was all these things that I had issues with, with Helen Bottom Carter's character, but I loved that I had issues with it. It wasn't this tidy wrapped up, you know, story about a parent's gone and now you've got to figure it out. Like she not only has to figure out how to live without her mom, but to live with her mom at the same time, because right. this isn't going away anytime soon. Right. And, and I think all too often in a film like this, it's very easy to have the mom come in at the end. And it's like, sorry, I, I didn't mean to leave. I didn't want to leave. I, I was kidnapped or whatever the, the story yeah. might be. But now everything goes back to this happy ending. Um, and, and the reality is life doesn't work out that way. Like changes happen and nothing ever goes back to what it was. We always, you know, whatever normal is, we're always evolving and moving toward normal and it's making the best of 
okay, well, this is what my situation is now. Now I have to move forward and keep, keep going. It doesn't go back to the way it was. And I yeah. like that a lot. Um, and I liked the relationship between um, Sherlock and Enola because you want him, he's going to be the good guy, right? Because Mycroft is the bad guy who wants her to do everything that, that she doesn't want to do. But Sherlock honestly isn't interested in having any kind of like responsibility or interest in her at all because he's got his own thing going on and he's fine. I mean, he barely talks to Mycroft. They hadn't seen the house or her in years. Like they didn't recognize her when they meet her at the train station. He's fine being disconnected. Um, and it's not like there's ever this magical moment where it's like, okay, well you come live with me and now you're going to enjoy all of these adventures with me. But instead it's like, she'll be my ward. I'll keep an eye on her, but she's still kind of on her own and I'm on my own and I'll, I'll just look out for her kind of a thing, which I liked a lot better than. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that too. I, I very much feel like these kids, cause all three of these kids are kids of the same mom of Enola's mom. Right. And so mm -hmm. I feel like she has raised them all to kind of be independent, which is, that's what we all want our kids to do is we want our kids to grow up and be independent. But I feel like she wants her kids to be independent at like 10 years old and where I feel like, um, and so they don't really have this huge connection. They miss each other and they like seeing each other, but they don't really depend on each other like a regular family would. And I feel like mm -hmm. that is kind of the way of the time back then is that you kind of are raised by the time you're 10. And then at that point, your family's figuring out where you're going to go as a man, which means your career. And as a woman, it's who you're going to get married to in a couple of years and bring money into the family. And so I feel like because their mom and Enola and um, Sherlock are so um, independent, but non-conformant that when you get to Minecraft, he seems like the villain because he's making all of the right choices for the time. He mm -hmm. wants her to be conformed because he has grown up in this life that's non-conformant, you know, and he's mm -hmm. like, you just can't live that way. So I think in his own way, he feels like if he gets Enola in this school and she follows instructions and she gets married, then she'll actually have a life outside of what their mom has taught them. So yes, right. he is, he's the bad guy in the way that, he's ruining this fun fairy tale for all of us. Like all of us yeah. want to be Enola, right? All of us want to be Enola, but in the real world, only like 1% can be Enola. Like the rest of the women in this world really do have to get married well and find someone or they'll end up on the streets. You know, they do show these women like owning stores um, and doing like defense training secretly, you know, on top of these restaurants and stuff like that. But, you know, if people, if women would have gotten caught doing that back in the day, that's, you know, you're done. Like you're ruined. Right. So as much as he is the bad guy, he's really just the bad guy because <laughs> he wants to be living what the the regular rightness of the time was. Well, and I think, and I think that's kind of the theme of this whole thing is, is how do you preserve who you are and what you are? and your history and at the same time allow for growth and change and evolution. Right. Because right. I mean, that's the whole basis of the guy with the Brown bowler hat, who's going after Tewksbury because his grandma spoilers. I mean, really go see this, go watch this movie if you haven't, yeah. but 
there because we you know we get into spoilers but he's going after Tewksbury because grandma says he, she knows he's going to vote a certain way to allow right. women to vote and she doesn't want that to happen and so she wants him dead and that's the, the whole story is you know how do you combine those two things respecting who you are and where you came from but at the same time recognizing the need to change and to grow and and evolve and i think that that's you know we live in a world where that's a major issue right now where we're looking at and it's not that's funny it's a weird thing to say because i don't think we're ever not in a world where that's an issue right where we're always right. looking at who we are <laughs> and where we've come from and trying to preserve that but at the same change time is inevitable <laughs> yeah it, it totally is and so um it, it, i think that's kind of a running theme throughout and while they're dealing with that with the voting and that's all in the background she's dealing with it trying to make her own way and fighting against her own brothers that are doing the, that are wanting those two different things so yeah well and that's like we're so um with this film they again they did such a good job because the underlining story is her mom left so that she can fight for the women's right to vote for the women's right to have equal rights and then Tewksbury, who runs into her life on the other side, is running away because he doesn't want to be a part of this world where he's forced to, you know, do things that he doesn't want to do. And now he might be killed for his vote to give women the right to vote. So this is this underlining political story that is there and they show it to us and reveal it to us. But again, they don't shove it down our throats because there's all these other shiny things for us to pay attention to, but mm -hmm. it's there for us to pay attention to. It is important. But what I think it is, is the way I took it, um, is that, like you said, right now in this day and age, there's always stuff that is making us change. But we have a very political world going on right now. Obviously, we have an election coming up. But at the same time, we all also have our own worries, our own lives, our own mm -hmm. problems that we're trying to figure out while there's this underlying political stuff going on. And we're trying to, you know, have these things work out in our lives. And yes, they are important. And yes, we need to pay attention to them. But at the same time, we're all just trying to survive. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of what I got, like this underlining story of her, it, hers is, is that there's constantly going to be these problems and there's going to be the bigger problem that the world is giving us and then there's these other problems that are just in our lives but we're all intertwined because as she gets into london she sees how intertwined these other people are with her mother and her life and all the things that are going on is that this big world just got a, a lot smaller for her um mm -hmm. i do love when she goes into the shop to get a dress and she's been dressed like a boy the entire time. So she goes into the shop to get this, you know, dress, this perfect, I'm going to blend in to the city kind of dress. And this woman's like, but you're a man, you can't wear this. dress." <laughs> and it was so funny as she's like trying it on. And then she comes out and she looks amazing. Um, but there's just like all these little pockets of comedy throughout yes. the show that is so much fun for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I love those moments because yeah, obviously the, the mom or the lady in the shop is like, well, you can't, you're a boy. You can't dress like that. That's not a There's nothing in here for you. <laughs> yeah. Like you've got to go someplace else. And I think that uh, the watching her do the, the combat training with the, the lady upstairs and she tries the corkscrew move and she's like, Oh, you still don't have that down. Uh, 
and, and just moments like that where it was just really, really quirky and fun. Um, that moment was fun because then at the end when she's fighting the guy with the brown bowler hat, and I lean to my wife, I'm like, she's going to do that corkscrew. Yes. The sequel to that scene where she wasn't able to do it before. And then she did. And of course, um, you know, ended up killing the guy and everything. But but like it was it was fun. It was just a fun ride. I was really just impressed with it from start to finish. Yeah, it was again, it was a very um, well needed surprise, I think, with everything that's on right now. I mean, there's a lot of really great movies on Netflix right now, but a lot of them are downers and I've watched almost all of them. So it was really good to kind of watch this and still have it be smart and still have it be timely. um, But also just have it be so much fun. And I, and even though yes, like people died and there's, you know, this underlining, you know, um, political agenda, um, Mm -hmm. I still felt really good when I was done watching it. I still feel good when I think about it. Like, I feel like it was just this yeah. like bright, this bright ray of sunshine on Netflix that I'm glad I fell into. Um, and I do hope that they will bring some of these movies back to theaters when that time is, whether that's two years from now or whatever, you know, there are so many movies that came out to theaters in the last or came out, to streaming in the last six months that I would love to see on the big screen. And I hope they do like a two week, you know, special, whatever of Anola, cause I would definitely go pay to see this on a big screen um, and eat popcorn and get the whole experience with her in the theater. Once it's time to do that. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting. It brings up an interesting point as far as what does the future of movies and media look like, you know, <laughs> What? Is there a horror film going on at your house right now? I don't know what's happening. You have six kids. It's to be expected. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And of course, there was a big announcement um, recently that Soul, um, the new Pixar movie, is going to go straight to streaming. I did kind of think that this was going to happen. I didn't predict they were going to do it with Mulan, but I did kind of think, okay, this is an animated film. Um, as much as I would like to see it in the theater, a lot of people will be okay if they see it streaming first. Um, and so when they announced it, I wasn't too surprised, but I was very happy that we're going to see it and they're not going to put it off any longer because this idea for this film um, is so cool um, for this Pixar film. So I'm I'm happy that Christmas Day, we're all going to get to see it. It'll be a little present. And if you have Disney Plus, you don't have to pay extra for it. It's not, right. it's not that but yeah. What do you yeah, think not, about it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so, and I know you've listened to the same, the same book, the ride of a lifetime by Robert Iger, where he talks about his time as Disney CEO. And I was thinking about it as I was listening to it. Cause he talks about the meeting that he had with Steve jobs, where he shows him the video iPod and he's like, yeah, we'll put our shows on there. Like we don't have a problem with it. And, that whole idea of we've got to innovate and we, we know that. And when they launched Disney plus, it was with that idea that straight to consumer is kind of the future of what this is going to be. And I'm thinking, man, and he had no idea that even just the next year, how important that was going to be. Yeah. And, and I look at it and I think that a lot of that is changing and evolving. I think when you look at the series that Netflix came out with, um, a lot of the shows that they've done have been of such high caliber and high quality um, that 
it's hard to look at a Netflix thing and think, well, it's not going to be good because it's a straight to streaming kind of a right. thing. Or and Disney Plus has carried that on with the Mandalorian and a lot of the shows that they've done, um, which aren't Mandalorian is really the only one that's scripted. I think that's been of of high caliber or I don't know. I can't think of another. Well, and they've had a couple of movies that have gone straight there that have been pretty good too. But it just makes me think this is going to be a lot of what we see in the future. Um, but I don't want movies to go away. I don't want us to stop going yeah. to theaters and having that experience because I like that experience. But I don't yeah, know. I definitely, I definitely don't want it to go the way of the dinosaurs for sure. Like I going to see a movie in a theater. And, and I have to say, even when it's a bad movie, knowing that I have to sit there and I have to sit through, that's still an experience. You know what I mean? Like, cause then mm -hmm. that's another story to, you know, to talk about afterwards. It's that experience. Cause when you're at home, if you're watching something and you don't like it, you don't finish it and yeah. you just click through to something else. And I just think there's something, you know, whether you leave because you're like, that was, you know, the best movie or you leave because, um, you went and saw that movie with a bad date and now you have to go back with your best friends or you you took your kid to their first movie at the theater or when they're 25 and they remember you taking them to see this movie and then they take, you know, they watch it with their kid at home. Like there's so many experiences that come out of a theater that just don't happen when you're watching it on your couch. I am very happy that I know I can get on a plane or sit on a train or whatever. And I can watch the movies that I want to watch from my cell phone mm -hmm. or from my tablet. I'm very happy that I can do that because movies for me are very much, you know, uh, therapy, but not being able to go to the theater for a few months. And I've gone back several times um, recently. Um, not being able to go was awful. And to think that, that some uh, studios now are specifically, um, retrograding their next three years of films to go strictly to streaming is a little crazy to me. Like I understand we need to grow and change and we need to get with the media and people mm -hmm. are watching media on their phones. I still think that there is something to making a film that will produce a good watching experience on the big screen. That's really hard to do. It's also really hard to do to make a 23 minute TV show that will watch well on you know, a Monday night or a Thursday night as you're watching your favorite show. They're all mm -hmm. different art forms. And I, I I don't want movie theaters to go away. Like whatever we need to do <laughs> to make them yeah. not go away in a safely manner, I would really, you know, I really want to support and be safe at the same time. Um, but I really want to see Black Widow on the big screen. I really yeah. want to see Doctor Strange you know, multiverse of madness on the big screen. Like I, I agree. <laughs> like these are films yeah. that I want to see, you know, and I'm kind of past the point where I'm taking my daughter to, you know, um, Disney cartoons and Pixar movies, but there's going to be a point where hopefully I get to take a grandchild to their right. first Pixar cartoon or Disney movie where there's a Pixar short I want to have that experience and it's sad to think that we may not. Yeah, I, I agree. And, <laughs> and I, I want to have that experience with a theater full of people too. Yes. Like, you know, I was really disappointed when they moved Dune back to next year because it looks amazing. But at the same time, I don't want to go to a theater where there's like 10 people in there to see Dune because I think that's one that I want to experience 
in a in a room full of people. Yeah, you know, to I, feel that energy. I loved uh, Avengers Endgame, and when we went and saw it the first time, and it was a, a critic screening, it was great. It was an amazing movie. When I saw it the second time, and it was a theater full of people, totally different feeling. Like yeah. I I loved it the first time, but I loved it even more when you know, when Cap picks up Thor's hammer and the whole theater full of people cheered, yeah. like I want to experience that again. So I guess I'm being extra picky and I think I you're there with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't just want it back in theaters. I want the theaters back. I want people to go back. I just, there's just something special about it. And I agree with what you're saying, Val. Like it is such an experience and having taken my kids to see movies, like it's just, I don't want that to go away. I just don't. Yeah. So I hope it doesn't. Um, I I do believe in innovation. I do believe that we've got to create more straight to streaming stuff. I think stuff will go even if it's simultaneous, right? Like yeah, this is coming out in theaters, but you can also get it now to watch at home because we know there's an audience for that. Which they've been doing I'm a lot okay of. They've yeah. been doing a lot of that. You know, um, you know, almost every movie, I would say at least 80% of the movies that have come out in the last six months that have come out in theaters have also come out in streaming so that you can watch if you want to stay home, which is totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. But like you said, you know, and if you can, like I'm not, there are very safe ways to go to the theater right now, especially if you go during the day. Like every, the only time I went to a theater in the past five months um, where it was more full than I thought it would be is when we went and saw Tenant. And we mm -hmm. were in a very small luxury theater at Megaplex, but there, and that's why it, because there was only maybe a hundred seats in there and there was 10 people in those hundred seats. So it felt like there were more people, right. uh, but usually we're in like a 250 seat theater and there's 10 people. But most of the time when we've gone to the theater to see a movie, it's been us. There've been two whole people in the theater. We went to see, we went to see a movie, um, a week or two ago and when we went to see it they're like okay they got on the um walkie and they're like okay turn on theater 10 because we do have a customer for that so like they're not <laughs> even turning on the theaters right. until someone shows up to see the film um and and that just that kind of made my heart sink a little bit is that this is kind of the new normal for them is that all these theaters are just turned off and empty because you know, nobody's going, but again, we went in the middle of the day and we knew that there wouldn't be a lot of people there and that's how we're supporting, but also doing it safely and comfortably for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that that's the key. You, you need to do what you're comfortable with. You need to do what's safe uh, for you. Um, but it is, that's been my experience as we've gone is we're one of maybe two or three couples or groups in the theater. I went and saw Ghostbusters by myself a couple months ago and yeah. it was me and like one other family in there. And I decided this would have been a lot cooler in a theater full of people that were excited to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, it, there is a lot of distancing there. I think it's as safe as it can be for what, what we're in the middle of right now. It's never been more clean. Like That's my shoes true. are not sticking to the floor at all. I don't smell any kids that were previously there before me. Like it is the most sanitized. <laughs> I think yeah. it's cleaner than my house actually. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. Like when you walk, my experience has been when you walk into the actual theater, like where you're watching the, the, the theater where the screen is not the theater, like the building with all the theaters, but the theater theater. Um, 
when you walk in there, you can smell the cleaning product that's been wiped all over the seats. And so, you yeah. know, like it just, and it's not like a, a lemon fresh smell either. It's like a very chemically clean <laughs> smell that you're like, I yeah, this is like sanitized. Above my face, so I smell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it's as safe as it can be, I think. Um, but you have to decide what your safety threshold is. And, and I totally respect that and get that. Um, I do want to just plug this right now. Tracy just sent a message. Um, yeah, he sent me a message too. He's out delivering coats. Yeah, to people who need them, who yeah. are experiencing homelessness. So we he are not going to so fault much. him for not being no. He does so much <laughs> community service that um, I feel like I need to go out and do something. But Tracy is amazing. And we did kind of change our, our schedule around. So thank yeah. you to Tracy for for putting in the time and the work. Yeah. Right. Because right now a lot of people aren't volunteering because they don't feel safe. And so that's a huge need as well. But Tracy has never stopped doing it one time. He just gives and gives, which is so amazing. Um, and I feel like, like you said, there is a place for both of it. So like Alana Holmes, even though it went straight to streaming, it was so great to have that streaming. But also like I've spent the past three weeks streaming Schitt's Creek and I finally watched the final season this week. And then I watched um, this documentary on Netflix all about it. And like, there is a place for that media. That media is not going away. And there is no. great content on Netflix and Amazon and like all of these places, that great content is not going to go away just because we bring theaters back and vice versa. Like there is enough space for everyone because there are a lot of people that will always go to movies. And there are a lot of people that are always just going to watch it if it's streaming because they don't really care for the crowds. Like in general, like I know people mm -hmm. before Corona that just didn't want to go to the movie theater because that wasn't their thing. So they would wait for it to come out. Well, the cool thing now is that they don't have to wait is it can go to streaming as soon as it goes to theater. So it's kind of made it so that people that don't want to go to theaters and don't want to be in the hustle and bustle of the crowd get it the same time we do. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that having those options, I, I just hope that they continue to have those options and it's not seen yeah. as anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, <laughs> I feel like that's a decade away from now anyway, before it even becomes an issue. Um, I mean, Hopefully we get theaters open again. That'll probably happen before Disneyland opens, which is probably never going to happen. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, that makes me sad. I just want to go to Disneyland, Jake. Why did I you know. Bring it up? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and it's funny. I keep telling people, I'm like, I'm not planning a trip anytime soon. We got to go earlier this year. We're very lucky and very fortunate that happened. But just knowing that it's still closed like, I'm just going to feel better once it's open. Like there's just something right. about like it's open and things are happening there and the world is moving forward and I'm all for being safe and I get it. And I'm not trying to, to try to be reckless or anything else. I feel like Disney though has a model that works Yes. everywhere in the world, except apparently in California. And I, and that just somehow doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, I I'm, the, I'm exactly like you. I mean, we went in January. I was so happy that we took Dave, my boyfriend, for the first time in January to Disneyland. And we had that moment and we got to see, you know, Star Wars. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we were there two weeks before the newest ride opened. Um, 
but we did get to see some of that. So I'm very lucky, but it's just always knowing that it's there for you when you need it makes me right. feel like I have just a blanket of love on me so that I fly. I'm like, you know what? We really need to go to Disneyland in three weeks and you can go. And right now you can't go. So it's just this like thing that you, yeah. Ugh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I agree. It's just, it's a weird thing, but that's, I feel the same way. So, yeah. but anyway, we should probably give this movie a grade. Enola Holmes is the movie that we're talking about. If you're checking in like 20 minutes into this and wondering what we were talking about. <laughs> Enola Holmes, I think it's a great movie. What would you grade it, Val? I, and I know that I don't give this grade out very often, but I'm giving it an A. I solidly wow. would watch this film again. Um, I would go and pay in the theater when it comes out in the theater to watch it. I just thought um, it had everything I wanted. Like visually, it was captivating and it made me visually just eye candy galore. But the story was so smart and the characters were so smart and the the casting was so smart. Like it was just such a smart film and I would tell anybody to watch it. And honestly, I think if you have had kids 13, 12, 13 and up, they would totally enjoy this film and you could watch it with them. Um, you know, you would probably need to explain some things. There's a little bit of violence, but not a ton. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do think this is a great movie. Yeah, I, I agree that it's, it's a really good movie. Um, I'm probably more in the B plus range. Um, just... Like, that's not a bad thing, though. That's no. not because I think it was a bad movie. B-plus is still really, really good. Um, I think Millie Bobby Brown has a bright, bright future in front of her as far as acting goes. She's so much more than Eleven in Stranger Things. And I think this was a great opportunity for her to show in a very different role that she is uh, and has a lot of talent. Um, and so I'm excited to see where her career goes. Obviously, Henry Cavill is one of my favorite actors. And I love seeing him on film anytime that he's there. And Helena Bonham Carter is always really great as well. So I, I think overall, this is just a really solid film. You mentioned teenagers. Right after we got done watching it, I sent a text to my daughter who was just upstairs because that's how we <laughs> communicate sometimes. And said, you need to check this out on Netflix because I thought she would really appreciate that. Um, I, I think it's just a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. It wasn't supposed to go straight to Netflix. It did. Even if it, I mean, Netflix is sometimes hit and miss because at the same time, just a couple weeks after this movie came out, we got Hubie Halloween, which is exactly what you think it's going to be when you go into it. Whether that's good <laughs> or bad. I mean, it is exactly, if you're picturing a really dumb Adam Sandler comedy, that is exactly what it is. And if you're okay with that, you'll love it. If you're, if you think that's really lame and stupid, then don't watch it. Cause that's exactly what you're getting. Right. right. So, um, but this, I think, is just so well done. I hope we see more. I hope that this was successful enough for them that that we'll see some of the other stories and other books that have been out in the series come come to the screen as well. So, but yeah, go out, check it out. You don't have to go out; just watch it at home. I mean, <laughs> you can go outside and watch it. <laughs> you can, yeah, go outside and watch it. Just make sure you've got like a good device to watch it on, because sometimes with the sun shining on there, you can't oh see it. Gosh. So anyway, <laughs> all right, well, this was, we'll be back next week. This was fun. We'll have another movie. We haven't decided yet what it's going to be, but it'll be a good one. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. We've got a list we need to choose from. Yeah. So, but awesome. We appreciate you guys listening and watching and we won't see you at the movies.
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.